Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. We're Carol and David. Welcome to a special edition of the Sexy Lifestyle related to you and the coronavirus. So, are you trying to keep it all together during these worrisome times with COVID-19 lurking in the shadows? Is your relationship suffering from the stress caused by coronavirus in your neighborhood or in the world? On today's show, we're going to get some real advice about how to stay sexy and sane and spice it up a little during these crazy times of quarantine, lockdown, and self isolation. But before we get into that with our super special guest, we want to take a moment to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because everybody should continue to have great sex now more than ever. If you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or have to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry, no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And so does today's show. You know, we are Carol and David and this is the Sex Sexy Lifestyle. And we're so excited to welcome back today's special guest. Our good friend, sexologist and relationship expert, Dr. Jess O'Reilly from Sex with Dr. Jess is here to share her expert advice and wisdom after experiencing firsthand self-isolation at her home in Toronto. So Jess, welcome to our show and um, taking the time out of your busy day to discuss this uh, really important topic. And first of all, we hope you, Brandon, and especially your dad are doing well and safe. Yeah, we're doing great. We're, uh, we just finished 14 days of isolation just a few hours ago. And uh, actually, it's only... Brandon and I in the house. So normally my 77-year-old father lives with us, but because we came back from traveling, uh, we moved him into a, a condo just at our corner because he's older and we are we were high-risk vectors at the time, but we don't have any symptoms. Oh, that's really good news. And I was just thinking about you and Brandon spending two full weeks together, like 14 days in a row. Have you ever even actually ever done that before? <laughs> yeah, we, we do get time in a row together, but what I've never had is 14 days at home in Toronto in years. I don't know if I've been in one city for 14 days in maybe four years. Wow. So it's certainly a huge shift to be on the ground, a very, very significant change of pace. Uh, welcome, though. I, I mean, of course, the circumstances are far from ideal and uh, very stressful just when you're looking at the, the greater world and what's going on out there. But uh, it certainly has been nice to be, be home <laughs> for yeah, 14 and, days. And I saw you posting a lot of things that you're back to your cooking and you kind of forgotten what cooking was all about. Oh, I love cooking. I find cooking so therapeutic and I rarely get to cook because normally I just pop back into Toronto for a couple of days and, you know, you're not going to go to the grocery store and and get all the ingredients when you're only home for 48 hours. But yeah, I've been uh, cooking up a storm, my quarantine quiche, which was my best yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So Jess, you just mentioned the word stress, and we know stress just isn't good for anybody and for life in general. But it's really not good if you're quarantined and if you're with your partner in a 
an apartment or a house and it's definitely not good for sex. So what can people do to relieve some of the stress that's being built up with everything going on? I think first and foremost, you have to give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. So if you are feeling stressed out, go ahead and and name it and maybe dig a little deeper and think about what's stressing you out because this is a time of high stress in terms of finances, in terms of change, in terms of uncertainty, and certainly in terms of habits. And so everything is being turned upside down. So it's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel nervous. It's You need to give yourself permission to validate your own feelings and be really open to your partners. And then, you know, in addition to the emotional literacy piece, there are, you know, practical things you can do to relieve stress. So mindful practices, for example, exercise, getting outside or even just going out on your balcony if you can or opening a window. Uh, For everybody, their stress relief looks different. So as I said, I love to cook. Other people like to bake. Other people like to dance. Brandon likes to work out. Mm. Um, Some people like to listen to music. Uh, I think it's important to consider your own boundaries at this time because some of us want to be at our partner's side all day long, snuggling up with them, even if we're working, and others need a little bit of space so for example I need I definitely need space I haven't seen Brandon in hours even though we're in the same house (laughs) I'm I'm doing my own thing doing my own work and I've set goals for myself every day and they're not hard goals and they're not high pressure goals but what I've decided is that I want to do something for my mental health every day so that might just be reading a book to a fiction book to begin the day rather than checking my emails I want to do something for my physical health uh today I just did I think I did 50 squats and 60 dips. So it's not a lot. It's just, yeah, just two minutes, three minutes. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I'm not like a big gym rat. Uh, And uh, I want to do something for my relationship every day. So Brendan and I took a break for 15 minutes and played Scrabble, although I don't know if that was good. I don't think that was good for the relationship because I got one of the, you know, when you use all seven letters, you get a 50 bonus. Yeah, Yeah, I got a 50 bonus triple word score. (laughs) And I love winning. (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah, so something for, I'm trying to do something for my house, health, my physical health, mental health, my house, my relationship, uh, my family, and my business every day. And, you know, there are days when I've missed it where, you know, I've been on phone calls all day long from 8 in the morning till 8 at night, and I didn't do any physical activity. I think my steps, if I had a Fitbit, would be negative 10, but <laughs> I, you know, I'm forgiving of myself. So it, the more you can do to keep yourself physically and feeling mentally healthy, the better you are going to be able to manage the stress rather than getting rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know we talk a lot about how to um, get rid of stress, and so many times it comes up to be mindful practices, to use mindful practices. Can you explain specifically what that means? Yeah, so mindfulness refers to being in the moment. And so mindfulness is a practice that has a rich history in Eastern philosophy, Eastern religion, and Eastern culture. And it's, you know, in some ways being used in the West in a slightly different way. But if it works for you, I say, go for it. So I have an entire course online called Mindful Sex. And it's called Mindful Sex, but it's not just about sex. We begin with breathing activities, we move on to visualizations, we move on to emotional presence, which I can talk about in a moment. Then we do some touch techniques with a partner that are totally non-sexual, a hand caress, a facial caress, a body caress, no genitals. Then we move on to erotic touch techniques and and finally move into sex. So it's a 12-stage program. And mindfulness might involve taking a few deep breaths and just feeling the way the breath 
moves through your body. Mindfulness might in, involve a body scan. So I try and do a body scan at night when I'm trying to relax, where I just begin with my toes and I think about how they're feeling, how are they feeling physically, you know, is there any tightness, what's the temperature, are they comfortable, and you work your way from your toes, up your feet, up your ankles, legs, hips, thighs, groin, genitals, abdomen, all the way up to the top of your head. Uh, and, you know, another activity you might try to be mindful is a shower visualization where, you know, most of us just rush into the shower and we kind of scrub ourselves clean and we're in a hurry. But why don't you try for a minute or two really feeling what it's feeling like in your body? So what is the texture, the temperature, the movement, the rhythm, the pressure of the water? How does it feel against your skin? Can you kind of just take note of how you're feeling in your body? And then visualize your concerns, your worries, your troubles washing down the drain at the end of the day. And then when you get into bed, if those worries or those troubles rear their ugly heads, don't worry about it. Just remind yourself that you've washed those away for the day. And so there are many different ways to approach mindfulness. When we talk about being emotionally mindful or emotionally present, one one technique we use is the physical manifestations of an emotion. So for example, if you think about how you're feeling right now, are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling nervous? Name that emotion just to yourself and then describe what you're feeling in your body. So if you're feeling tense, how does it show up in your body? Are you, are you grinding your teeth? Are you tightening your jaw? Are you lifting your shoulders? Are you scrunching your toes or your fingers? Are you twitching your nostril? And when you start to acknowledge the ways in which emotions manifest in your body, and we encourage people to journal this, you may be able to nip uncomfortable feelings in the bud and do something about them when you feel the physical manifestation first. Because oftentimes you can recognize the physical before you can recognize the emotional, especially when you're in a heightened state of emotional arousal. And so if I know, for example, that uh, when I get anxious, I tense my jaw. And I also know that when I get anxious, taking seven deep breaths in through my nose and out through my mouth helps to, helps to calm me. The next time I feel that tension in my body, I might take a few deep breaths before I really acknowledge what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And then it can help to adjust the feeling. Wow. Wow. That's great. And I'm sure a lot of those techniques that you just described, which, by the way, were very calming as we were listening here, like any anxious <laughs> feelings I had prior to this discussion all kind of flowed away when, especially in that shower one. But a lot of that advice is really good for couples to learn how to not kill each other during this time of living so tight quarters and not used to being constantly around their partner. Absolutely. And we need to go easy on ourselves and our partners. I think that we, when we're in one another's spaces, we think this is the time to address issues and speak up about every small thing. And the reality is you, this is the time to pick your battles and be really forgiving of your partner. If the bowl in the sink bothers you, can you get over it? Right? I understand that sometimes it's a bigger picture issue where you perhaps feel that your partner isn't acknowledging the things that are of value to you or you know maybe you go and clean up for half an hour and then they just leave a mess behind you I understand that that's a bigger picture issue but if it's something small like leaving a bowl in the sink or 
not hanging up their bath mat after a shower? Can you let it go? Because everyone's just under a little extra stress right now. And if you think of stress tiring out a muscle, that muscle can only handle so much, right? You can't do rep after rep Mm -hmm. after rep after rep. And the stress of even being online, you know, and seeing your premier or your governor or your president or your prime minister popping up several times a day to give updates, that's a lot to handle. So another piece that people might want to consider at this time is adjusting the digital diet. Maybe you decide to check in with specific sources once or twice a day rather than trying to capture the news at every moment in time. Now, of course, I know there are always going to be exceptions. If you're a frontline worker, you want to be updated. If you're in an outbreak area or a quarantined area, you know, I, I feel for you. And I think that it's an important moment in time to, for those of us who are, for instance, isolated in our homes that, you know, it feels a little bit uncomfortable. It really pales in comparison to the people who are actually suffering, to right. folks who don't have enough money to eat right now, to you look at the migrant workers in India trying to get home with almost no, you know, not a cent to their name, or you look at people in big cities across Canada and the states living in poverty who aren't sure if they can afford their rent, and the policies still aren't clear mm-hmm. on what we're going to be due to supporting them. The homeless population in Toronto, I was reading, are highly at risk, and and you know, we think about people, hotels not wanting to take them in, buildings not wanting to take them in, and these are people who this is a life or death situation. So we should be thankful that perhaps. We can't go to a dog park or we can't go for our regular workouts or we you know, can't get together with friends. Uh, I actually, I was supposed to be off celebrating my 40th birthday in Italy this mm. week. <laughs> well, happy <laughs> but birthday. I, I, thank you. Yeah, it was a little while ago. I'm a little late, but I'm not disappointed because I know I'll get to do it another time, right? Like mm-hmm. I really know that a lot, people have it much worse than I do. So I feel very, very grateful right now. For mm-hmm. sure. Now, there are um, couples who aren't used to spending this much time together. They um, either both work, they come home, they have the busyness of their days, and now they're stuck together. Now, we know that there are some couples who just um, don't know what to do when they are together, and communication in relationships, we know, is paramount. So what can some couples do? What type of communication exercises can they do, especially related to their sex life, to keep it spicy and so they don't, like Carol said earlier, actually kill each other but actually enhance their relationship, use the time to grow their own couple relationship. We're not talking about kids and all that stuff. Now we're talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. I would start with uh, something physical, something emotional, and something practical. So physically speaking, can you wake up in the morning and just spoon for two minutes or lie forehead to forehead and take a few deep breaths for a minute together? Can you wake up in the morning and put your head on your partner's chest just to feel their heartbeat and be mindful of that little muscle that keeps them with you every day and hopes that it keeps beating for a long, long time. So can you do something at the very beginning of your day to ground yourself physically in your body or ground yourself physically feeling close to your partner? So that's something physical you can do. And just being physically affectionate is is more likely in many cases to lead to attraction, to lead to intimate connection, and and to lead to sex perhaps. But when I say uh, to do something physical, I'm not suggesting that it should lead directly to sex. I'm just saying that perhaps later in the day or later in the week, you'll feel more open to sex because you've been physically connected and physically affectionate. And then when we think about something emotional, I think this is a good time to talk about what you're feeling and what you need, because... We're feeling a lot of things right now, and the emotions are running wild. And 
oftentimes the way we soothe our partner is the way we would want to be soothed, but not the way they want to be soothed. So in one of my courses, we have this exercise where in which I say, when I feel, I'm going to give an example, frustrated about work, what I need is for you to just listen. And what I don't need is for you to give me advice. Now, Brandon would be the opposite. He'd probably say, when I feel frustrated with work, I want you to to give me advice. Tell me what to do. (laughs) And so it makes sense that we would soothe one another in ways that might frustrate the other. And so if we can just try that simple exercise of when I feel, you know, nervous about my parents because they're not listening to me about not going out, what I need from you is this and what I don't need is that. So when I feel this, I need this and I don't need that. So I think that's a good emotional conversation to have. And of course, it doesn't sound sexual, but when you're emotionally aligned or you feel your partner is emotionally uh, insensitive to what you're needing, again, you're more likely to lay the groundwork for facilitating sex at, at another time. And then practically speaking, can you have fun together? I know that this is a tough time and there is nothing that relieves tension like laughter. So can you stop and dance for a moment if that's what you're into? Can you play games together? Can you watch a funny show? Can you just do something to break the tension? Because I know what we fell into for the first few days was intense postulation where each night we'd be talking about, you know, the numbers across the world and we'd be looking at the WHO numbers and we'd be comparing the rates, you know, how they're rising in Italy versus Spain versus New York and trying to predict what's going to happen here in our city of Toronto. And that's, you know, we don't, we're totally unqualified to do that, but we wasted hours doing that. And we needed to shift the conversation away from the pandemic because as serious as it is and as important as it is for us to take some time and make some space to acknowledge our feelings around this situation, it's also important to, to get to just be Jessica and Brendan and enjoy ourselves. And so we've been watching funny movies. We, as I said, started a Scrabble game earlier uh, and we, ha- we have a good laugh together to to just break the tension. So can you do something practical, physical, and emotional every day? And that lays the groundwork to potentially connect sexually and give yourself permission to want a ton of sex Mm -hmm. and also give yourself permission to not want sex because some people just aren't in the mood for sex right now. And if one of you is in the mood and the other isn't, of course, you can lend a hand or you can you can tell your partner, I'm not in the mood, but if you go down on me, we'll see if I get in the mood or right. let's watch this show together and see if I get in the mood. Uh, and also, it's okay to take breaks from sex. So there, I, I, you don't want to pressure your partner, but uh, if you're not naturally in the mood for sex or spontaneously in the mood for sex, perhaps you can be open to be, being responsibly in the mood for sex because sexual desire, as we know, does not always occur spontaneously. And so some nights you're going to say, heck no, man, I'm going to sleep. And other nights you might say, oh, man, I am not in the mood. But let's try this and see what happens. No guarantees, but let's give it a shot. That's that's exactly where Carol and I are. I mean, for years we've had an imbalance in our relationship where I can fuck, you know, want to fuck five times a day and Carol is okay with once a week. And what we've done, and very similar to what you just described, is first of all, at night we don't watch the news. We don't listen to numbers. That's something we do earlier on in the day because we want to know what's going on. But at night, we'll put on a funny movie. We've decided that because um, sex and intimacy and romance is really important in our sanity, that we're going to do it between, say, noon and 7 p.m. And every day, each one of us gets the option to suggest something. And the other person can say no. They can offer another suggestion or they can go along with it. 
and sometimes it's okay we're gonna pull out the sibian and we're gonna have full-on great sex <laughs> or carol's gonna put on a show or carol's gonna say you know what tonight i just want you to rub my shoulders there's no sex involved here and we're just gonna touch each other and every day we go back and forth because if we start doing the same thing day in and day out well it's gonna get boring and then we try different sex toys every day that doesn't sound so bad, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> and we do try to get it in before dinner. That's kind of what we, our goal is. We do a little bit of the foreplay early on in the afternoon and make the plan. And because we always find that once we've had dinner and we sit down in front of the TV, we both like to just relax and then go to sleep in each other's arms, which is fine. But we like to have our active sex before dinner. It just gets it, you know, gets it out there. And oh, I girl, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, like, after a heavy meal... Uh, I'm not in the mood. I, I'm definitely not getting on top, let me tell you. And I like to enjoy my glass of wine with dinner. And sometimes I get indigestion when I start doing heavy sex work after <laughs> dinner. I like to just enjoy my wine. Oh, I you know? love you when you get into cowgirl and you're riding my cock, but know, uh, honey, not after you've had a lasagna. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but I know it's also very, very important to, to masturbate. We know the importance of masturbation. But even when you're locked in with your partner, talk to us about how important it is also to masturbate in those cases as well. Well, I think everybody's perspective on masturbation is different. So for some people, it's a regular part of our routine. For others, it's just a stand-in. And so there's no prescribed frequency with which you should masturbate. But of course, masturbation is the most common route to discovering our pathways to pleasure. Most of us learn to have orgasms while we're masturbating. And oftentimes, we treat masturbation as a functional tune-up instead of something that we do for our own pleasure. So I certainly encourage people to continue to play with themselves, even if they're, they have a partner available to themselves. And it's also something you can do together and a challenging thing because a lot of people find that mutual masturbation is highly intimidating. So you might even just do little pieces of it together as opposed to feeling like you have to, you know, go for the whole shebang. Uh, one, one piece of advice that I, or, you know, one suggestion I often make centers on mindful masturbation. So can you decide to masturbate, touch yourself for pleasure for minutes with the goal of not orgasming? Because most people, when it comes to orgasm or when it comes to masturbation, just want to get off and do it really, really quickly. But can you slow it down and just enjoy the process as opposed to having to, you know, get to that specific peak? Yeah, and with lots of time on our hands being stuck at home, and not everybody is working from home. Some people don't have the opportunity to even work while they're at home, and they just need to pass the day. And so, yes, mindful masturbation, if you can make that masturbation last 15, 20 minutes instead of the two minutes that it usually is, that sounds like a lot of fun, too. We've become pros at mutual masturbation. Carol had both had surgery on both her feet, and for five weeks, we couldn't have regular sex. And we sat there in bed, and I stroked my cock, and she took out her wee vibe, and we played, and we turned each other on. And you know what? When you both decide that we're going to do what's good for our couple, you find a way to do it. And, mm -hmm. and we had a great time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, Jess, there's also that issue when partners are separated during this whole uh, isolation. What do you suggest mm -hmm. for people who actually want to still connect with their partners, but they're not even in the same house or maybe not even in the same city? Country. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that's really tough. So I think this is going to be the time where people start to have digital sex. So whether that's texting or sexting or phone calls or voice notes or pre-recorded video clips or live video sex. And I know like going straight to live video sex, of course, feels extremely intimidating. But I suggest that people maybe check out some of the cam sites to see what the pros are doing and learn from them. Many of them offer, you know, free free memberships. You can check out what they're doing on camera. And you also have to remember that you don't have to show everything. Let's say you you build up and you text and you text and you send voice notes and you're playful and you're flirtatious and you come together to do something sexual via video. You might turn the lights down really, really low so that they can just kind of make out the movements but not see Mm-hmm. everything that's happening. You might put yourself partially off the screen so they can hear the rustle and they can hear the sounds but not see all the goods close up. You might pre-record, you know, 10 or 20 seconds of yourself and send that clip with a filter. You don't have to do it all, but uh, certainly this isn't the time to be meeting up with new partners and certainly those who are separated by distance are going to have to get creative with digital technology. And I know people are doing it already. I know people who have organized group orgies mm-hmm. online. So, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Absolutely. <is. Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing about human nature. And I guess we're ready for some final advice, Dr. Jess. Where do you think couples should go, or the best place to go, basically, to get some inspiration on some new ways to like, keep it spicy and avoid that, you know, that boredom in the bedroom? I think that the pop culture is a great, easy place to start. Whatever you're seeing in terms of storylines in the movies and television shows that you're consuming during this time, uh, use them as inspiration to just talk about your fantasies. And then the second place, of course, is your own fantasies, right? What do you dream about? What, what turns you on? What are the hottest sexual memories you've ever had? What are the memories you want to create? And remember, of course, you can talk about sexual fantasies that you never necessarily want to fulfill in the flesh or in real life. So you can talk about absolutely anything. And what you really need is a partner who's not going to judge you. So even if they're not into something, are you know, you'd hope that they'd be open to hearing why you're into it. And open also to talking about why they're not into it. Because sometimes we just say, nope, not into it, end of conversation. And that's that's a really frightening statement to me because I think it leaves you at an impasse. But if I were to say, no, not into it, well, let me dig a little deeper and figure out what about this freaks me out or upsets me. Then we can have really meaningful conversations about our fantasies, even when our fantasies are highly divergent from our partners. Yeah, and even if it's just to turn you on or to get you stimulated and start that sexual feeling happening, it uh, doesn't mean you have to go into it while you're actually uh, connected with your other partner. It might just be the beginnings of something happening. Exactly, and we know you know, porn is not for education. It's for entertainment, and you can put on porn, and you can watch something, and both of you learn and say, would you, could you, should you, and yeah, use absolutely. that as stimulus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and for people who are separated, I forgot that we have these toys that are app-enabled, so... Mm-hmm. I can be using a vibrator here, and if I allow it to pair with my partner's phone, he can be in, or he or she can be in, in Singapore and control the toys. So the WeVibe suite of toys has the WeConnect app that allows you to to play from a distance. So they're, they're like teledildonics and the sex tech industry have, have come a long way. So I think we're set up fairly well for 
digital and distance sex. We are. And, are. We, and we probably will be using it a lot more now than ever, ever, ever before. So if anybody's out there buying stocks, that might be a good choice. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Actually, the sex toy sales are up. I know that Womanizer oh. reported a 50% increase wow. over over the projections, and they see higher increases in areas where they where there are outbreaks. Excellent. Yeah, well, we've actually seen an increase in our blanket sales, so we keep telling people, keep having sex, you know, keep your bed dry, so buy our top waterproof blanket, <laughs> but, but definitely. All right, Jess. I use your blanket. Yay. I have it on my bed. Yay. Yeah, it's perfect. I, I'm really picky about my sheets, so keep those white sheets clean. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Let us know if you need another color. We have a beautiful red one out now. Thank you. All right, Jess, before we go, you get to tell everybody what is one new sexual technique they can do tonight to spice it up, a really juicy sexual one. We know you have it in you. Well, I'll give you, can I give you two? Sure. sure. <laughs> okay, so for, for seduction, for warm-up, it's the wet trace. You take your tongue or you take your finger covered in lubricant and you trace a line or an S or a figure eight, or an oval, anything, over any area of the body. So it could be over the collarbone, it could be down the V toward the venous mound, it could be right over their lips, right over their shaft, it doesn't matter. You leave a wet path, whether it's, as I said, any shape. Then you open your mouth wide and you breathe warm air and follow that wet path you've created. And then if you purse your lips a little, you'll get cooler air really gently. So it's basically a wet spot followed by warm breath, and if you want, cool breath. So just to get circulation flowing, draw draw awareness to the area, get them turned on, create anticipation, get the dopamine boosting. And then if you want to finish them off, um, if it's the penis, I say two hands, fingers interlaced, lots and lots of lubes, more pressure than you think you need. And if it's for the vulva, I say give them something to vibrate against really, really hard and, and grind against the whole outer vulva, not just the clit. Nice. Sounds amazing. Wow, I'm hard just listening to that. <laughs> We're going to have some good sex later. All right, Jess, those are amazing recommendations uh, for keeping it spicy, not only when, you know, we're going through this whole coronavirus um, which is present, but, you know, every day. And it's so important to always stay, as we say, happy, healthy, and always horny. All right, Jess, why don't you tell everyone where they can reach out to you online, social media, your website? Yeah, it's sexwithdrjess.com, and I have a new book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay, coming out April 14th. Oh, excellent. All right, That's we'll have very, to review that and talk to oh, you about that wait. another Absolutely. time. Is it going to be online or printed? Uh, both, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's going to be at all the local booksellers as well as Amazon. It's co-authored with Marla Renee Stewart, oh, and I'm really proud of this book. It's Blows all the other ones I've written out of the water. <laughs> Beautiful. And Jess has her own guest page on the sexylifestyle.com, so you can go there to get some information as well. Awesome. And remember, Thanks so much. No problem. And remember to follow the protocol suggested by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, stay home, and if you have to go out, stay away from everybody else. And please continue to listen to our show and visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com. And if you have any questions at all, you can send us an email at ask at carolindavid.com. Alrighty, that's it for our show today. Dr. Jessica O'Reilly, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, and thank you to all our listeners for being out there as well. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Alright everyone, once again we're reminding you to stay safe and of course, 
stay sexy. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.